What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Top 10% Podcast. I am your host, as always, Dan Carter. And uh, this week, um, we're staying within the uh, the Top 10 team. We've had some success. Obviously, you, you listened and you heard my story from Kentucky. Well, this week finds us back in Kentucky on a, um, a story from NBK. Kyle was able to... Um, get in there on one that we had uh, as a target as well. So uh, we're going to get him on here and uh, he's going to tell that story and kind of give you an update um, while we're traveling and uh, all running all over the Midwest right now as seasons start to open here, especially the, um, you know, I know three or four more seasons are going to open uh, three or four more states. I'm sorry. Um, here in the next couple days. So again, we wanted to just take a second and say thank you to anybody and everybody that's jumping on, liking, subscribing, follow along on our Instagram, um, on Spotify and Apple, as well as um, our YouTube. If you have not had a chance to get out there and check it out yet, go subscribe to the YouTube. Um, but you're also going to find my hunt from Kentucky is there. And we hope to have Kyle's up here within the next week or so as well. Um, that's something we're trying to do a little bit more diligently this year is get um, these hunts out to you guys as fast as possible. So uh, we love your feedback. We appreciate all of the support and uh, all the positivity that's coming from all directions and uh, hopefully we can keep uh, keep you guys excited about deer as we are now coming into things um, it's just going to get uh, wilder as we get closer to rut and everything else so um, if you got a story that you want to share uh, you got a big buck that you put on the ground or even if you it's your first buck and it's a you know uh, just a little guy or a doe or just success in general we want to celebrate that and uh, you know there's a lot to be said with with that and that's a whole other episode but uh, if you can um, reach out to me uh, direct message me with uh, some details and, and maybe we'll get you on the podcast with us and and uh, hear your story. We're all excited to hear the stories. That's part of um, the deer camp tradition and all of those things that I miss uh, so much about my childhood and, and things where family got together and sharing all the old stories and um, just the camaraderie and uh, the other the other elements of what it's really about. Um, not just the harvest. So either way, stay tuned. I think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. <laughs> Bro, I just shot T-Bar. Oh my God. Look at that top. This episode of the Top 10% Podcast is brought to you by Top 10% Hunting Headquarters, located in Coldwater, Michigan, your premier AR manufacturing outlet. Let's get back to your host, Dan Carter, of the Top 10% Podcast. Welcome back to the Top 10% Podcast, everybody. It's Dan again, and uh, with me, uh, we're going to touch base on... um, the old southern state of Kentucky again. I've got uh, MBK and Tribal um, with me on the other end. They are 
in route back to Michigan, trying to get home for the opener. And uh, we uh, they just went down to Missouri to kind of do some stuff. I'll let you talk. Uh, you guys tell about that here in just a minute. But um, what's going on tonight, guys? How's the roads out there? Not too bad. We're just on the road back from Missouri. Like you said, we did a basically a quick scouting trip down there. Uh, moved some cameras around and you know set some tree stands up and just basically got ready for the rut. It's a bit slow there for cameras right now, so just got it set up. Got there, quick trip, heading back, get back to Michigan and see what we got going on here. Great, great. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think that sounds like from from talking off record, it sounds like maybe the uh, the rut activity with the does and everything you got going on there that uh, that could definitely be a positive. Um, and we know that uh, when there's does, um, they bring the bros. So you know, it's just a matter of time. So uh, hopefully, you guys are coming back with a couple plans here in Michigan. Um, and uh, but. Uh, you know, you got anything that you, you know of? I know Travel and I talked a little bit about that in the last podcast when we were talking about my Kentucky deer, that we uh, we had some prospects. Hometown stuff is good. So you got any ideas for what you're going to do this weekend for the opener? Uh, probably not a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. we might not even hunt. You know yeah. that? We've got some three-year-olds running around, but really yet to see the big boys. Just kind of sit back and wait it out, then, huh? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know, I know, we got some good areas, so I know that we just stay out of them, wait for the cameras to tell us. They'll be coming through. Yeah, it'd be just a matter of time. Things will heat up fast now. You know, once we get, seems like once we get these cold fronts, these early cold fronts, and uh, we get into October, and before you know it, we're we're the third, fourth week of October, and you know, we're getting into Halloween and. You know, things are getting really crazy out there, and these bucks start seeking those does. So I think you're right. I think they're going to start showing up. I'm not really worried about my stuff either. Um, I don't have a lot of uh, – I got some deer that have showed up, some decent, you know, some young bucks and some history that I'm aware of. So hopefully we get uh, get some action here, especially here in Michigan. So Just waiting for some deer to show up the right ones. So it's a, a weight game, but we've got a little bit of time still. Yeah, yeah, it's early. I think we got plenty of time for that. So, well, let's uh, let's switch gears, man. Let's get right into, and I'm I'm gonna kind of just hand off the mic to you because I know uh, you know way too much of this story. But uh, tell me a little bit about um, what happened there last week in Kentucky. So, we, Kentucky's been a cat mouse game with uh, one year in particular. That would be what we were calling just the third seed point. And, uh, you know, just trying to get on that deer is, it literally was a cat and mouse game. I, I seen him twice on stand from original setup stand on the south side of that lots of lead plot there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just, the way that spot was set up and with him being a mature deer, he, he came in twice and what he did is end up getting in between me and the food and just, you know, getting downwind and checking that out. And, you know, once he caught a little bit of scent, he, he he stayed back in the cover. So, unfortunately, I couldn't capitalize on him early. But uh, with a quick game plan, looking at the map, looking on Onyx there, and then going back to that original spot that you and my dad had looked at, that uh, 
you guys early had the trail camera in there. That's where we were getting big problem with him at on camera. You know, yeah, that was the. Looking back at, that was like the first intel, intel we had. Yeah. Yeah, looking at that old intel. Kind of made a game plan from there, you know, to move the stand. Not move the stand I've been hunting in, but put a new setup in in the camera and just see what happens. So, right. That's what we ended up doing. But this is this is our third trip down there. By the time we end up, you know, trying to capitalize on this deer in a different way. And sure enough, two nights after putting that camera and setup in there, we just hung the sticks in there. We didn't even put a stand in there just because we weren't sure. Right. Uh, we just put sticks in for quick access. And yeah, within two nights, he shows up on camera with his running buddy Goofy. Um, still in velvet, Goofy. Goofy's still in velvet. Right. Not sure what's going on there. It's we're coming up on October first. Still got one, one deer in velvet. So. Yeah, it's a, a lack of uh, testicular. <laughs> items i believe is is what that what we can put that on but we we haven't confirmed that but that's what we're thinking is maybe there, there could be something there so right exactly who knows but uh they show up on camera there and then the next night they show up on camera there and boy he comes in early so i know i know we're tight to his bedding uh he feels comfortable in there he's got plenty of daylight that's as we were waiting for this cold front to snap and use daylight during those super hot days. So. Right, and you guys were still you were still home. I know I, I was down at headquarters, but you guys were still home and just making a, a plan to make another run, and we were just waiting on that intel to show back up. Right. right. So he well, we, was, needed, we needed the north wind. Sure, yeah, sure. exactly. We needed that, that cold front snap with that wind to push back coming out of the north. And, uh, you know... Thursday, it was what? It was it was Friday morning. Yeah. Right when that cold snap hit, we hopped in the truck, me and my dad, we, we rolled on down there, and I had a good feeling about it the whole time. I know we texted, we had talked, you know, it just seemed like it was going to be a great night. It had that perfect wind. Yep. There's no way this deer could backdoor me from where the stand we ended up placing it. Uh, there's just no way it was going to happen. And, uh, we get in there, we, we drive in, we park, we grab all the gear. We got, you know, all my camera gear. We got my bow. We got the tree stand. We got everything. We, we uh, carry everything back there. We get set up. You know, I climb up there. I hang that stand, uh, super lightweight stand that Jeremy let me borrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, hang that stand in there perfect. And, uh... You know, he's tying up my stuff down there in my bag, my camera arm. I'm, I'm putting it all in. And, and basically, we're just we're going to do a hanging hunt, right? Right. So he's going to slide out of there, and I'm I'm in the stand for for the night. But, which uh, which is there's before you get into the details of that that kyle and what happens next because we need to talk a little bit about that and we'll get tribal's take on that too um but tell them a little bit like we get listeners and the reason why i mean they're probably i mean some people may know but i mean we we take that four-wheeler side-by-side approach to get all the way into the stand obviously wanting to eliminate that ground scent correct 
on this on this set, Dan, we didn't bring the four wheeler. We carried everything in there because we had the perfect wind. Yeah, with the perfect wind and where how we were set up coming across that cattle pasture, it was just we we decided to eliminate it, and it wasn't. You know, you know where the barn is. It's not right. a very far walk. No, no, not at all. So we were we were able to capitalize on that. We just eliminated it right out for that because it's only about a hundred fifty yard walk from the barn there. Well, and it's and, through uh, that, like you said, it's through that open pasture too. So that that does help that. But you know, obviously, you're not, uh, you know, and they're not crossing under normal circumstances. We hadn't seen them crossing through that big cattle pasture or anything like that. We kind of knew where they were holding tight, so that that helps. I didn't know you guys had, uh, you know, this is kind of the first time we talked about that portion. I didn't know you guys didn't drive the four wheeler all the way up to the fence area in that at that spot. But um, what we would we would have gained on to it. Right. We would have done the pickup from yeah, the four wheeler or side by side. It's pretty much traditional that we want to never blow gear out by getting out of the stand. Sure, sure. Yeah, I don't. If I'm stuck up there in the stand and you know I got a bunch of deer around me, it's we don't want to we don't want to spook that because I got a lot of camera gear, a lot of stuff to pack up. Yep. As soon as I start moving around up there in the dark, and I'm not going to turn, I don't dare to turn the light on. Right. As soon as I start making some movement, the deer know something's in that tree. And then even if they were on edge all night, now they really know something was there. They, they probably ain't going to want to come back in there in the daylight. Right. Well, then you lessen your probability. I mean, everybody knows that, you know, your first sit in a stand is always your best opportunity anyway, and then your percentages just go down from there. But we try and take all these measures, and I know we've had this conversation off record and stuff too, Tribal, is we try and take all these extra measures just because of that to alleviate that and bumping a deer out with a four-wheeler on a farm that they're used to side-by-sides and four-wheelers is, a, is, is a, I don't want to say it's more positive or it's positive but it's better than doing it like you said kyle hanging around and slapping a bunch of stuff in the tree and having all that extra action up there that that they can pinpoint you or you know like you said they won't come back during the daylight so technical tip of the day if you got a if you're hunting a suburban area and mm-hmm. the dog gets let out at a certain time of the homeowner you let you tell the homeowner to set him out right when it gets 20 minutes after dark Mm-hmm. Typically, we ran into that. Or if you get into that kind of area where you're, where you're running cattle and moving side by side through there, it's a common thing. We do it that way. Yep. Choo choo train. Had a choo choo train spot. Had a shit truck stop um, spot once before. Jumped on the back of the shit truck as it would go by, smelling shit. Didn't get on you. And he come back by then. You know, because it was working, uh, it, it wasn't shit. It was very farm. Sure. This, there, anything that, that's repetitive, if you could get on that, we try to capitalize on that repetitive behavior in these states that you can bait in. Um, I use Ryan Alexander from Urban Buckeye Outfitters. He keeps it really repetitive. His clients never touch the ground, and he's always dropping a half a bag of feed. Um, Every time he know, goes to drop one. Yeah. Exactly. Or pick them up, even if it's a little uh, corn dust or whatever. Sure. Just a, just a, uh, hey, I'm not a fresh. Doing whatever repetitively. Always do. 
Yeah, that's that's a huge tip for people, and that's why I was kind of getting what I was getting at there is because of the way there's a lot of things that people don't think about, and I know there's there's certain people that feel that you know it's going to disturb the deer by riding in a four wheeler, and I guess if you're you know what I mean if you're in the boonies of Canada and you know you you were went riding in there on a four wheeler and they hadn't seen a four wheeler ever in their four five six years of of life or whatever then that could be super alarming but like you said creating that repetitive um the repetitive deal and also stuff that's normal normal customary stuff in their day-to-day um you know definitely creates a you know creates a good deal school bus noise i've heard all kinds of different things going in when the school bus comes and you know just over the years of different different things like that especially in some of the rural areas or you know even suburban areas but so good tip, good good point, good uh, good thing for us to to let folks know. So let's get back. So we're back at the tree, Kyle. You're up there. You got all your st- well. We got most of your stuff up there, and then then what? I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. Mind you, I didn't tie it up, but I'm pulling it up. I'm in the tree. Yeah, you know, right as that bow got just under my platform of my tree stand, that knot, damn Lewis. Oh. And down goes the old Hoyt. Hoyt smacks the ground. Cables, the cable stops, snaps off. And oh. now I'm just like, now I'm hurting. Right. I'm hurting. He's hurting. We're both hurting. Bo just hit the ground, but with a got it together we, we went straight back to the truck <laughs> had no tools no tools but we got the same bow so i waited there at the farm he he drove down to the gas station which had like a little mechanic building on the side of it uh-huh. ends up borrowing some tools from the shop guys down there they're cool enough to lend them some tools he called jeremy or something and called jeremy at the shop to see what size he needed and and, and whatnot right tribal yeah, I got I got Jeremy to see what size that one wrench that was, but I ended up getting a full set and a socket. <laughs> and I ended up having the actual socket forward in my truck uh-huh. for the for Allen wrench. So I was very thankful that those guys, because um, they didn't have none for sale, I'd have been going further. So but they, he just said, put it in the Dodge out there in the parking lot tonight. When you get done, we did. But yeah, that was cool of them to do that. So, meanwhile, um, you're just you're just hanging out in the tree, hoping that nothing happens early, right, Kyle? No, we both ended up going back to the truck, and we had a bunch of stuff laid out on the ground, both cases. So he, I just stayed there, seeing all the cows when we stomp our stuff off. Uh huh. This is because we're in the cow pasture, and uh, he comes back with the tools. We end up taking his cable stop off and then I stand up on the back of the truck. Uh, we throw a box out there and I, I shoot my bow like 10 times, make sure it's, you know, nothing got bent after checking it all over making sure I was still hitting good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we got it fixed and I was back on a roll, back to the tree stand. So off I go. Awesome. Walk back to the stand and, you know, not a very far walk, like I said, but 
don't know, a lot going through your head when your bow hits the ground from you know, almost 20 feet up. So let me tell you my end of this. <laughs> I'm bent over wrapping up some stuff that, that you know, after you tied the bow up. After I tied the bow up, right? Mm-hmm. There was a knot. So I couldn't knot it to knot it. So I double knotted a loose one so he didn't have to pinch it when it got up there. But there was a little knot in it. And uh, all that'd be all right. Wait, the whole Hoyt Turbo RX-7. That'd be all right. And I bent over. And I heard clump. Right next to me, and at that moment, I was like, man, I wish that fucking bow would have hit me right in the head, because I do not want to go through what's going to happen next. I looked over, <laughs> looked up at him, and I was like, oh, no. First thing out of his mouth is, you just want to hunt tonight. Go ahead and get your bow and sit up here. It's <laughs> 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 just like, well, it felt like he just loosely nodded it. <laughs> Sabotage. Right, so it's like defeated. <laughs> I mean, anger. I can see anger, smoke coming out of his ears. And he just calmly says, Oh, just grab your bow and hunt tonight. Seems like that's what you wanted to do, anyhow. <laughs> oh, God. And it's like, Oh, please, 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 please. Because I'm a lot longer draw than him. Same uh-huh. bow. Yeah. It'd be really difficult for him to shoot my bow um, accurately. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it would have happened. I just think with that long of a draw. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't happening. So same bow, just I'm a full inch longer on the draw. Which probably, I mean, probably probably could have happened with a little practice, you know, shooting at the shoe box. Well, shooting but, the style like of releases said, that we shoot, that doesn't. You know what I mean? I guess if you were shooting the old style of release where you could could have lengthened the release a little bit, that would have helped. But you know what I mean? Like we're, most of us are shooting thumb style releases, so you know that that doesn't. Uh, you know, it, it could have made it happen, I, but I'd rather not take the risk, and I know both of you guys would rather not take that risk if we don't have to. No, I, if my bow wasn't usable, he would have had to hop on that tree. But he wouldn't have. I know he wouldn't have. I would have never hopped in that tree. We but would've. I would have been telling him once the trail cam photos were rolled, that he should hop in that tree. Do it is coming. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least it happened. I mean, I hate to say this, but at least it happened early enough. I mean, I could, I could send when I'm on the phone rang and I'm like, okay. And and tribal called me and I'm like, hold on, man, I, let me see what I can find. So I was, he's on his way to get you Allen wrenches and every anything we could find. And you know, I was searching for Hoyt dealers nearby that we might be able to get anything fixed or repaired. And it was it was definitely a uh, a scavenge from all directions. And you know, I, you know, it's kind of been a little bit of. Um, a little bit of like, like you said, the curse of Kentucky. When he, when I answered the phone, he said the curse of Kentucky continues. Oh yeah, we, we'll we'll get into the other curse of Kentucky a little bit after he gets his hero so, story out. Yeah, so I mean, let's let's go back to that. So now. Kyle, you get everything dialed in back in, you know, you're 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 not a hundred percent confident, but let's call it ninety five percent, right? And you're headed back to the tree. 
mean, he's throwing darts, and it's heavy wind coming from the north, and he's throwing darts. He's an inch off at 25 yards. Right. So, you know, I mean, I'm confident with the equipment. I'm just like, I guess to say, I was just like, just unsure at that point. Like, it's still annoying. Yeah, right. it's just annoying everything. Why is, why is all this stuff got to happen? You know, tonight just it's supposed to be a perfect night. We're starting on our bad foot. Bo's hit the ground already. Now I'm up in the stand an hour later. I mean, I would have been up there an extra hour. You know, sure. Probably 3 o'clock. Now I'm in the stand at 4 o'clock. I wanted to be in there as early as I could. Just be quiet. Now the bow's hit the, hit the ground, made a big thud. Yeah. Right above bedding area. So I'm just like, who knows what's going to happen. I'm like, but it's... As I sit there, you know, as I get back to the stand and I sit there, I start feeling good again. You know, everything's good. Actually, I don't even sit there. I stand up the whole time. I got my camera on perfect. I got my bow perfect. I hardly got to reach for anything. It's all right there in front of me. And uh, I just, that wind, it's so perfect. It's hit me right in the face. I'm going right back out to the cow pasture. Right where them deer are never going to go, you know. Right. Never going out a 15 mile an hour wind to a good wind. Yeah, it was a pretty yeah, pretty steady wind. Of course, you're up on that top too, where you're at. You know what I mean? It's kind of, I mean, there's there's those tight draws off of off of both sides and edges that way. But like, you know, obviously, once we get the footage out there, you guys will be able to see that. But um, but that steady wind, it, you know, it it keeps moving across that that farm when you're on those top points. Um, which is good, you know, especially when we got a good direction, like you said, that wind coming out of the north, like that, blowing right back into those pastures. Yeah, no, so it's like right there at that top where I'm hunting, it's just a little bit of an opening, and then it's, it drops to the left, it drops to the right, and it's thick as can be. So, you know, they're just never going to cross that behind me through the open cow pasture. Right. But I'm sitting there, I'm feeling good, wind's perfect, it's not switching up on me at all. You know, it's just perfect. I end up, we end up texting for a little bit, me and you, Dan. Yep, yep. It was about, well, hell, I think it was probably, I texted you about 5 o'clock, and we talked for about 15 minutes. And I was like, man, I feel like it's good. I got a good feeling. You know, this was even after everything else. I done forgot about all the, you know, the the pre, we would call it aftermath normally, but <laughs> the pre-craziness. Uh, and I just felt really good. And the next thing I know, you know, you, you were texting me, uh, you know that that you you had some you know some visuals, and I'll let you keep going. Yeah, no. So it's shortly after we're texting, and you know I I could see a deer right. It was far. It was like perfect opening through the ridge, onto the next ridge. There's big deer standing there in the sunlight, just looking my direction. It's probably good 300 yards through there. Mm-hmm. Some. Somehow I got a magical eye on a deer. This, you know, I was putting my phone away, telling you I had deer coming. Uh, I'm just patiently waiting. That's probably 5:15. Yep. About 15 minutes goes by, and it's thick in there. This deer got into he got into 30 yards before I ever seen him. It comes up under under the pine tree there, and he's looking right up in my direction. And it's him. I know it's him instantly. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> and uh, he just stops. He stands there. I can't move because he's looking right at me. Doing what big deer do. <laughs> yeah. 
And what he ends up doing is he comes real close. He's walking right at me. And what he's doing is he's getting on that downwind side of where I got my uh, my corn at, right? Mm-hmm. He's getting on that little bit of that downwind side, but I know he's never going to cross the cow pasture fence to get that far downwind. He gets right in between me and the corn, and he stops right there, and he's looking all around. And I'm on, I'm sitting on pins and needles. I can't move. I can't. I have the camera recorded, but it's not on him because I'm I'm too afraid to move it. Right. Uh, there's another deer there too. Yeah, there's another deer there, which is goofy. The deer we still have in Melbourne. Yep. Crazy eight. Uh, he's right there behind him. Big deer too. Yeah, he is. And he's he's just standing there in the brush, looking the same way. Well, as soon as uh, thirteen point turns. And I almost think he's going to walk out of my life because the way he turns, he kind of walks right back toward Goofy on the, on the left side of the trees there. And uh, I swing the camera over. I get a little glimpse of him for a second, walking away. And I realize he's going to cut right and circle back behind the corn. I throw the, the camera back toward the that opening I have there where I know I want to shoot him where it's going to get real open. Uh-huh. And now I, I his waiting game again. Well, he stops there behind them trees. And he's broadside, but he's just got too much of the, the front vitals covered up. I can't see his head. I mean, it would been perfect point to draw back, but I just couldn't do it. Finally, he circles around that tree, and he gets right right in there perfect. And I, have my, I connect my release. I check Goofy out. He's sitting on pins and needles looking in my direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then out of nowhere, my uh, my release bumps my arrow. Mm. And my arrow pops off the string. Mm. And I got to drop away rest. And that arrow fell out all the way to the fletchings and got caught in the drop away rest. Mm. Now I'm I'm pretty much in freak out mode. This uh, 13 point he didn't really hear it, but Goofy's now really pinned over my direction. So I slide up, I pull that arrow back in, I knock it. I look at 13, he's eating. He's slightly quartered to me. I look back at Goofy. He turns his head for one second. I draw my bow back. I'm like it's now or never. Right. Draw my bow back. He's slightly quartered to me. I feel good about it. I got the nerves. As settled as I could, you know, I just about lost my arrow and dropped down. That would have been real bad. That would have been the icing on the cake. My arrow would have fell out. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but, uh, draw the bow back. And I, I tuck in right behind his shoulder. Right right on the crease of the shoulder because he's slightly quartered to me. I want to stay off the shoulder low. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I let that arrow go and Oh, it hit him hard, but I'll tell you what, I was not happy. You know, you'll hear it in the video. I'm pretty emotionless about it. It's up until I called my dad. I listened for about a minute. I didn't hear nothing crash out, but I was really not confident about the shot. You know, I seen the arrow stick way out of him. Right. And it looked really high. And all, all confidence is gone at that point. It, it just felt like... That deer was gonna be running. Well, then you go through you go through that process of second guessing yourself. Well, should I should I took the shot? I, should I done this? You know what I mean? Me, let me jump in right here. 
It's 532, 533, 537. Yeah, I was going to say 535, something like that. Somewhere in there. It's in the 30. I'm at Walmart. (laughs) Grabbing Gatorade. (laughs) I'm about to get to the pharmacy area to go find that chicken medicine. Because it's it's chicken heaven. Chicken fest, yeah. Okay, and there's a reason I know I want to go get that chicken medicine, but I got everything else in the car. Phone rings. It's Kyle. I fucked up. (sighs) You fucked up. I hit him high. It's a bad shot. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. This is really, really, this is where it gets really like, okay, now we're both really sour because let me bring this in. We all got this farm, mm-hmm. came in, set a plan, did everything that we going to kill mature box, two, possibly three off this farm, and we want to try to do it before October 1st. So it starts with 2,000 pounds of mineral. It starts with coming back at turkey hunt, coming back and seeing some of the stuff, watching these deer grow. Boom, one deer is gone. Mm-hmm. Dan Carter kills. He calls it Big Brow, but it's not Big Brow. It's the Big, <laughs> big Nine. nine. It's yeah. big, big Nine. He's I was fired up, up, man. He's <laughs> fired up. said Big Brow three, four times in the video, which is on on um, YouTube now. So hit the subscribe button. Go watch. Yeah, Absolutely. Good reason to be pumped up, though. Your deer dropped. He dropped there. Right, dropped. Dropped. Drop, drop, drop. Right. And you use the broadhead called now and later. And it dropped that deer. <laughs> it did. And I had the same broadhead. I would, you know, and I, I'm going to try this thing out. So in the second trip, we had another cold front. We threw a cell cam, not a cell cam, a regular camera into another area we call persimmon. Mm-hmm. And threw a one bag of corn camera. And hopes to find one deer. And hopes to find one deer because we lost him. That was the big brow. Yep. We knew 13 was working one side. Big nine was dead. We lost big brow. Boom, we pulled the card. Big brow is there. Made a daylight appearance. It's a backside persimmon. Same thing, Kyle. I'll, I'll get right to it. There was another deer showed up one time. So I go in. He's still on 13. And with the same kind of situation, perfect winds to do this. But he was still off the other side, off the last leaf south side. You know, trying to make an adjustments off of that. Mm-hmm. Throw a climber in. I get in a perfect, perfect spot. First time I said it, I see like 11 deer and no four bogs all little. Second time I said it, my camera battery, a new camera I got, oh, it's a little DSLR, a little tiny thing, nice one. Sweet little camera. Um, heard, yeah, I heard a review from uh, that uh, Aaron Blyce guy, yada, yada, yada. Great camera, though. I'm not used to those things. Long story short, I get in the stand. My camera's dead. I mean dead. And I'm like, 
you know that they're showing up. Right. I text him, that dude's probably going to show up. I text him back. He's here. <laughs> I film him on my cell phone. I got no way of hooking up my phone to get shot. I tell him, should I shoot him? Yeah, shoot him. Perfect court and away shot. Talk to Arrow, smack him in the chest. Arrow lodges in the opposite arm. Jumps up, calm back. You know, his big brows, big brows gone, you know. Mm-hmm. Long story short, didn't get good blood. I sh- should have stuck with my Grim Reaper. Um, didn't get good blood. Tracked the deer. Ran out of blood. Called it a dog. Couldn't get no blood. Searched for a day and a half. Even to the point where we knew we blew out his hunt. Day and a half. I lost the deer. 100% lost him. Now I'm done. I'm done. I'm sick to my stomach. So right. he knows how sick I am of the situation. Well, it's, you know, we don't, you know, we don't want to lose deer. Sticks, That's, you know. Right. He's sticking to the Grim Reaper. So that's 100%. So mm-hmm. when he calls and says, it's a high shot, we're thinking what we just went through because I'm going to tell you, Kentucky is an absolute jungle where we're at. These oh, are yeah. jungles. And they're, they're, they go from 1,050 to 640, these draws. These are not your standard little 50-foot bench, 50-foot bench, all these are straight ups and downs with the Cambodian jungle inside of it and spiders and snakes, all that, all that garbage, yeah. So Kyle's head is 100%, and I let Kyle get back in there, but that's that, this is weighing on his mind what we just went through. Yeah, so it's basically I know I hit that deer high. Emotions are just dead. I'm like I'm just done at this point. I'm like, I'm like ready to pack it up and get out of Kentucky forever. I think I was thinking of his deer that he had hit. And, you know, like he said, it's taken. And, uh, yeah, it just, it wasn't a good feeling in my head. So I'm talking to him on the phone. It's, I messed up, it's this, it's that. Mm-hmm. Packing up, I head back to the, you know, back to the road where he can meet me. And I'm sitting there, I pull out my DSLR that I filmed on. I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch this film back. It's been a little while. Sure. I'm going to go ahead and watch it. Oh, I watched the film on my little DSLR screen, and that was nice. And on the keg, I was really done at that point. I was like, it's no good. Arrow in no man's land is what he's thinking. I'm, yeah, I'm exactly what I'm thinking. Arrow's in no man's land. I call him back. I tell him that. He's like, well, I'll be there in a minute. He pulls up. My laptop's in the truck. Because we haven't even gone to a hotel room yet. Nothing. We just right. We just got there, did the hunt, hanging hunt. No. Uh... But yeah, pull out the laptop, throw the SD card in, and we watch it. Watch it back real slow, and you 
you see that uh that arrow hits them high it gets more penetration than i'm thinking though and it he t kicks real low goes real low the buck does and then he he turns and then you see a a nice thing of blood come out mm -hmm. and he turns and he runs and he runs right into a tree with that right side shoulder where my arrow hit him and he snaps that arrow when he snaps that arrow on that tree you really see a big spray of blood now my i got a little bit of hope I right here they don't have spraying blood out if something good I'm still nervous as can be. So we wait a little bit. We, we decide we're gonna go in and we're gonna go check where that, where he hit that arrow off at. We know that arrow snapped off right there. We're gonna go look at that. Mm -hmm. And uh, we slide back in there, and it's it's nice and sunny out out in the cow pasture. But once you step into that into that woods, it, it's shaded real quick. And as we were approaching dark, it was it wasn't the best light. No, get in there. Light. Yeah, little to no light when you get in there in the, that canopy. Right. So we're, we see some good blood right there. We find the arrow. There's no meat on the arrow, nothing. The arrow pretty much has nothing on it because it got snapped off. But we're looking at the blood on the tree and the lead is right there. And we're like, man, this, this could be really good. Mm -hmm. Let's follow this up. We got some, uh, we got some markers, some little ribbon markers. And we're going to follow this up, just marking the blood. How, how long it had it been the now, Kyle, before you guys went back in there? See, probably, I'd say at least an hour. Okay. Hour and 20 minutes. An hour and yeah. 20 minutes. It's probably, it was probably getting close to seven. Okay. And uh hour and a half, somewhere in there. But uh, following up on this blood and it's, it's tough to see, but it's good-looking blood, what we're finding. Mm -hmm. We got up to a point where, I don't know, what do you say? What do we go, 30, 40 yards? 30 yards. We were 40, probably 40 yards from where we hit the deer. 40 yards from where we hit the deer. and We're, we're starting to lose light quick because we went through there real slow, eyes up, making sure we didn't hear nothing crash out of there. Mm-hmm. It's getting tough to see blood or mark it. My gut's kind of sinking because I know I didn't hear a crash. Right. I'm like, man, I really, I'm back to the point where I really believe this deer probably, I think I, at this point, I think I one lumped him. I'm like, I think I got him good, but I don't think I got him good, good. You know, I think I one lumped him. Right. And uh, we're just standing there. We're just like standing there at this last little blood we got marked. We're just kind of like eyes up, looking all around. I'm like, man, we gotta, we gotta back out. We want to push forward, but we gotta back out. We cannot push this deer. Which you know, and, that's the best thing to do, especially when you when you don't have a hundred and ten percent confidence in in necessarily whether it was two lungs, one lung guts liver no matter what the what the situation is unless you can absolutely say and, and and what i mean by absolutely say is you've seen that deer fall and he's dead from the tree stand that's the only time you know you, you got to do your due diligence you know what i mean 
didn't didn't see him fall, didn't hear him crash. And it's nope. thick in there. You think you're gonna hear him crash? But uh, I don't. My confidence point when we're standing there at that last spot we marked and we're getting low on light, I'm probably at like I'm at like 25 percent confidence. In that. I don't know what, what were you at for confidence? I was still wanting to go forward. He he still wanted to push. I know he did because that arrow was deep in him. I didn't yeah. want to lose the deer. Yeah. I knew there was a chance. Oh, we let him lay overnight if he's one long. I find on tomorrow good chance. Yeah, and it was uh, it was going to be cool. That cold front was hitting. But let's go back to that for a second, Tribal. You kind of alluded to it. Let's go back to watching the footage on the laptop. And I know you guys sent me the footage, and 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 you sent it to to Jeremy as well, and both of us, Jeremy and I, kind of had the same reaction to it. Like you said, though, Tribal, when you speed that, when you watch that thing at at you know full on you know it looks bad it doesn't look and, and i don't mean bad from a bad spot it, the shot placement is is exactly where i would put it it's textbook as far as what you would do but the way that that deer drops and kind of i don't know he was definitely on some sort of alert because the way that that arrow looks like it goes in at full speed it doesn't look like you know, it, it looks questionable as far as like, man, this, I don't know, you know what I mean? So like when all your emotions oh. are going and everything else, you know, full speed, it was, it was awful. Yeah. It was like, Oh, it's not that bad. It hits them hard. It hits them hard and good. But <laughs> it don't look like the greatest. You're like, it'd probably sink your heart if it were you shooting, but yeah, you guys don't got to make it sound that bad. It, it, it's just y'all yeah, just have to come back watch the YouTube video see it for yep. yourself. YouTube yeah. video will be coming out on it. Yeah, and we we um, might want to slow that down in there, Kyle. We want we might want to just because of that and because of the way that this thing plays out. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, you know what I mean. Slow it down so they can see exactly what because, like you said earlier, Kyle, the penetration Kyle's on that up. arrow, pff, that thing was deep. Like you said, tribal. It it was like it was it went in way further, and the way that he wheels out of there, it's like it pushes that arrow out and up. And when he's running off, it doesn't. You know what I mean? It doesn't do it justice for what the shot really was. No, I don't. But yeah, when we got to that point, and after going through what we went through with that other deer, and when I tell you, I know I hit the deer good. I hit the deer good. Is it that deer? Oh yeah. And. Still gonna do my due diligence when the foliage comes off and try to get to that deer before I start hunting back on another tag. Um, but we, I wanted to continue, and he said, "Let's back out." I said I'm calling a dog. Yeah. Huh? He said I'm calling a dog. We're calling a dog. I still gotta back out. I don't want to bump the deer. He, he definitely still wanted to go, but I mean, I. That was it. I just didn't didn't want to bump the deer. We're calling yep. a dog and right decision. So mm-hmm. we back out of there, get back to the truck. First thing we're doing is looking for a dog and get on Facebook. I look around and hit up a couple people and one guy uh got back to me first real quick and his name was Tony Dempsey. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of Rob's guys. Yeah, his dog. So he said he could get out there. I think it was about 10 o'clock we are going to meet with him. You know, that would have been... Four and a half hours, almost. right? Give yeah, or take. correct. 
and that was just meeting with them before we probably were going to start a track a little bit more around 11. But uh, we meet up with him, head over to the farm, and we meet his dog. His dog's name is Finn. <laughs> uh, we already had a Finn in the crew. We you did. Know, your boy Finn. We had Finn down there already, so. That could have been. This should have been a sign. As soon as he said the dog's name, you should have known. All right, we're good. <laughs> we had Finn number two there. This Finn had a little bit better nose. <laughs> and we head over there. Well, first we show Tony the footage, and he's like, "Well, I'm be real optimistic about this one, boys. I I don't know if that's a dead deer, and I'm not gonna say it isn't. I'm not gonna say it is. What I say." He says, I know it's a dead deer. Mm -hmm. deer. And so we get over there to the stand and right where the arrow is. And we're we're just going to, I asked him, I was like, what do you want us to do? He's just to stay back 30 yards. If I I need you to mark some blood, I'll have you mark some blood. He puts his dog on that track and instantly that, I know the dogs. I know he's a good dog because he's, He's going right down that track. We already walked down the track, but he's following that track. Right. And we got good flashlights now, so we start following that blood right behind him. And there's blood everywhere. <laughs> there's blood everywhere. I'm like, man, we could not see this blood. And now I'm, I'm feeling a lot better about it, seeing all this blood. He gets up to our last marker, and... He's like, come stand by your last marker right here. And I'm just still looking at the blood. We're coming down. I'm like, man, we could not see this actual much blood earlier. Mm-hmm. We get down there to that last marker, 30, 40 yards down. And uh, he's like, just keep following me. There's good blood. And he, we're probably 15 yards behind him. He goes up about 15 yards. And there's a giant down tree right there, like a, a giant tree. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, guys, I'm going to let my dog finish this track, but your deer is laying right here. <laughs> I'm like, right there? He's like, yeah, he's right here on the other side of this tree. I mean, we were standing 30 yards from that deer. 20, 20 30 yards. He was just on the other side of this giant tree. He jumped right over it and crashed. Wow. How I didn't hear the deer crash, I have no idea. My guess would be how windy it was off that top. Well, you got wind and you got all those draws and the sounds carry differently yeah, anyway yeah. in that. Well, he, he crashed right there. We're, what, we're like 60, 70 yards from where I hit him. And he, he's down right there. He, you know, he expired within 30 seconds of getting hit. And I, I really couldn't believe it. There's blood everywhere. Grim Reaper tore him up and did his job. And, you know, I'm using that big, the big cut with that three-inch cut in it. Yep. And we get up on that deer. He, he has his left side up, but you can see the arrow just barely poked out the other side of him, probably midway down his body, you know, slightly quarter two, so it looked real good. Mm-hmm. We flip him over. I tell you what, I hit this deer so high, though, but somehow I got some real good luck that it took out that artery along the spine. And then it drove down through both his lungs and still went through the center of his body. It's just some weird luck there with the way that angle happened. And that deer was so dead on his feet. 
yeah, two lungs and that artery. That's that that's game over. One, you know, a combination of the two. You know what I mean? You know, two lungs is one thing, but with that, throw that artery in there, or vice versa. Just that artery. That's enough. That you know that that would have put him down as well. But yeah, the arm. I said that Grim Reaper, Reaper was a three inch cut. Um, I tell special. It tore him up. It tore his mm-hmm. ass. Oh, I said there's blood everywhere. There's blood everywhere. I mean, we just couldn't see it coming in there in low light. You know, we didn't want to come in there with lights or anything. And yeah. it, it was just crazy. So walking up to that deer is such a, you know, and then just looking down at him, it was a pretty surreal moment. Seven seven years of cow hunting in Kentucky with me going there and, and having one thing or another, literally almost went to jail one time. <laughs> over bad info from outfitter. Outfitter had me on land. I shouldn't have been on. DNR got caught in situation. But but with outfitters in the past in Kentucky, it has not proven any success. It is it's only got me in trouble. To finally have it, I mean, it was just pure joy for the for the both of us. Well, all of us, you know what I mean? That's to have that have that farm and put in the work we put in and do whatever and have it be as right, rewarding, it, you know? Right. That, But at that moment, knowing that we had 150-inch deer lost, mm-hmm. and then to find his deer and it being all that emotion of, like, man, we were just literally... I mean, I'm ready to cry over the whole situation because I know what he's feeling. And then to just, you know, see him get down there, get his hands down on his rag, big chocolate rag, um, you know. And it, and I'm going to be honest, it was a little bittersweet on the end of because that deer has been haunting yeah. him, but he's been so wise eye camera active we were we we're all over him but he knew every move we were making he finally got checkmate and um it's a big 270 pound deer on the hoof you know you know when he was full full you know, pretty majestic animal yeah laying down there at the bottom of the hill and i will tell you tony dempsey grabbed the camera filmed Got a lot of my ass crack hanging out. <laughs> Said, I'm done doing this. Hand me the camera. And he helped yank that deer out. And yeah, come together for what the three of us did. And all the hard work. I mean, Kyle was just, a, you know, static. So, I don't know, Kyle, I was where were your emotions at? Pretty much just said it all, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> sorry, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, just go from every night, you know, looking at photos of him, what's he doing, what time is he coming, where'd he go, you know, you just go through all that, and then boom, it all ends right there. I mean, it's such a, a great moment, it's a little bit of a sad moment, but it's a happy moment all together. Right. To have it all come together the way that it did. But, you know, just, you know how it is. You're seeing every trail cam picture of them. And, you know, you're just watching them every single night. You're looking at them. You're looking at them. You're looking at them. Mm-hmm. Now it all comes to an end. So, like you said, it's a bittersweet moment. And, yeah, the, the emotions were high at that point, you know. 
yeah, I think I think that that's that's something to you know. I think in, in travel, you you hit on that too. Is there's a level of emotions that even me sitting here, I'm not sleeping. I'm waiting for the call. You know what I mean? It's late. I got to work the next day. You know, I don't, I, it didn't make a difference. I don't, you know, I don't know what day it was Thursday or Friday or whatever. I don't know if I was working or not, but that part didn't matter. You know what I mean? I was staying up and waiting. I wanted to hear the outcome. Like there's a level of that, that side of the, you know, like you said, the work and everything that goes in it and all the camaraderie and everything that we have with all these conversations about like, what's his next move? Where is he going to go? How's it going to play out? How do we get on this one? And what do we do now? He's playing cat and mouse. He's got us figured out. He knows when we're there, where do we go? What do we do? And to be able to capitalize on a mature deer making a mistake and he's not, you know what I mean? He's cautious. I mean, he's, you know, obviously you told the story already. He's super cautious when he comes in there, but to capitalize on that mistake and be able to walk up on him and have that, uh, that switch of emotions, you know, from being not sure, unlike my hunt where, you know what I mean? He, he didn't move, <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he took another, he went 10 feet, you know, to have those emotions switch like that. It's, I mean, we've all been there if you hunt and, and, you know, you especially, you know, bow hunting, gun hunting, it doesn't make a difference. It, it's it's such a a relief, but like an elated feeling for everybody that's with you to be, you know, everybody gets involved. We all get hyped up. You know, Jeremy was hyped up. He's never even been to the farm yet, you know. <laughs> so it's like everybody gets excited and, and we're, you know, we're all, you know, rooting for you. And uh, it's so good to get that call back and go and then to hear what you know a was double lung and that that artery and you know how how fast the the deer expired and like you said traveled dead on his feet you know yeah i couldn't i couldn't believe that the deer was only 70 80 yards whatever it was i can i couldn't believe he was right there you know i thought we were I almost didn't even want to go in there with the tracking dog that night i was half tempted to wait till tomorrow but Glad we got in there. Glad we got him. Right. Yeah, beautiful. Just an absolute deer. Ended up scoring. What did he score, Kyle? Uh, 165. Yeah. Right at that 165 mark, gross. It's, re- it's really 164 and some fractions, but I, I don't know <laughs> You got it. We're rounding up. We're rounding up. I mean, he had like a, he had like a shit ton of scoreable points, really. What do you have, like... We, we were calling him the 13, but 18, 18, 19 points or something. Hmm. There's a, just a big main frame 10. Yeah. With a bunch, a bunch of kickers and stickers. Yeah. Pretty deer. Just, just a, just a pretty deer, you know, Real chocolate rag, you know, chocolate rag. Yeah. It was, it was, um, bittersweet. So we set out, accomplished what we set out to do. We did. Big Browse has, has not been back, or I know he's never coming back to get on the camera. Um, do everything we can to do to find the cover that there's rack and put a tag on it. I mean, I'm pretty. I'm gonna tell you, it's gonna be really tough for me to hunt Kentucky. I, have, I still have a tag, but it'll be tough knowing that I still want to go back out and really grind and pound the pavement there. Right. One more time when the leaves drop. 
in the foliage is down to try to see if we can't recover that deer and get him tagged up. Um, but, you know, there's not one. See what the season brings and maybe go back for McDagger, uh, another deer that was out there, big 158 point. Um, but, we don't, you know, it's going to do everything can to try to recover that one. Right. It was, it was something. Kentucky's just been a real miserable, chigger infested state. And, you know, it's hard to learn those big draws, the way the wind goes. And I think we did a good job putting a plan together and using still our strategy from Michigan. And that's still hunting from the French. And, um, yeah, we put the we put the top ten percent mentality right into that right from the start. We really did, and and I think that you know you and me and and, and you and Kyle, you know, and separately going down at different times, we all looked at it and then we said, "This is what we got to do." And like you said, hunting from the fringe in. I mean, I think we we couldn't have done it any better than we have. Honestly, no, I mean, just, just disappointing that we didn't get the triple, but we got the two for three and um maybe we'll end that story later right um fingers crossed i mean i only deer i've ever shot from kentucky was a big velvet four days to find gun shot <laughs> ended up finding lost velvet had to be created from a place from florida does it but uh, mm-hmm. the, the velvet and then our tax service did a great job on it. Beautiful buck. But Kentucky's just been a it's been a bear for both me and Kyle. Right. And, and, and it's 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 been pretty it was pretty good this time around. Well, I think I think we're gonna keep we're gonna keep on that on that positivity and hopefully like you said we can get down there and we can we can recover big brows and you know, and we can go from there, and, and hopefully we have an end to that story. I mean, not the, the end that we really wanted, but at least at that point we look at it and we go, okay, now, you know, we did exactly what we came to do. We really did. And, and that's, you know, obviously I, it's hard to, you know, there is the negative in there, but, you know, we have to be positive about the fact that we went in and we did exactly what we said we wanted to do and, you know, the outcome hopefully changes and and we get all all three of our racks and it'd be good to have all of them together and 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 do that but um you know if if it doesn't then i guess we we reevaluate and like you said we go after mcdagger or we do whatever we got to do and put it together and and break the curse for you as well (laughs) what he lost he lost his train of thought (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's something good there. Yeah, it would be good if we could get, you know, end the story. But yeah, it's definitely um, two great deer, two good videos. Um, Kyle's been working diligent on his first editing job. Mm-hmm. It's got it looking good. So see how that goes. And um, you know, we worked on it while we were down in here in Missouri in the room. He's starting to learn some aspects of that, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, we're down here in Missouri, which has always been a pretty good state for us. We don't usually get one out of two. Um, 
just hit, hit the wall. I mean, we just absolutely hit a wall of catastrophic events and instead of saying, oh, man, this is poor Bill Flosky, put our boots on the ground, re-strategize, and deploy cameras and, and try to figure out these circumstances that won't get around, bump them, all mm-hmm. the traditional stuff. Um, and I feel pretty good. We're already getting some bucks on camera that we moved. Not not the bucks we're looking for, but we're, getting, we're seeing a lot of deer on these cameras that we moved. Um, so I think we got a good game plan and get back down to thirty and hopefully catch up one or two of those deer that we passed last year that were four year olds that are now five year olds. Yeah, that'll be good to see. I'm excited to see what you guys, uh, you know, what turns up and and what comes out of that. Obviously, with like you said, you get a bunch of events and things change it, and you just adapt. You adapt, and and that's one thing that like we probably should touch on a second that's something that we do well i mean we look at something and we adapt things change you know and property changes new farms new things you know what i mean we took on we we filled our plate with new farms this year and um you know I, it's just a matter of of just adapting and moving through stuff and and learning and um applying what we do regularly and uh that's you know i mean we get on big deer yeah, this- this deer here that Kyle just killed, I mean, that was a, that was a bold move. I mean, we, we had intel mm-hmm. on that spot a little bit. It was actually Big Brow's territory, but Big Brow was gone, and Kyle, Kyle came back, looked at it, looked at it, looked at it. I said, man, you really want to make a, a jump of over 150 yards to, to move on this deer? And, and he's said yeah so i gotta give i gotta give it to him man because i wouldn't have made that big of a bold move i would have stayed on where i was consistently seeing but he was right that deer had he had he had he had our number out on that he spot yeah he did yeah i think it's something you couldn't backdoor me right that was yeah. that was the perfect spot and it was it wasn't far off the spectrum i think I think almost a little closer to his bedroom. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think you might be right. Oh, for sure. I think uh, his bedroom was off in that direction. I thought he was bedding down the power line, but Mm-mm. he ended. I think he ended up being in that that, that swale down in there. That. Well, I mean that shit. That shit's a jungle, like you said. It's so tight in there, you couldn't fart in there. You know what I mean? It's it's just. It, it's just like you can't walk through some of that shit and it's it's like just uh, oh it's horrible down in there and and that's why you know there's big bucks going down you know and it's a little different i mean there's not you know you know like you said hunting the draws and doing different things but i think i think it, like you said travel it was a bold move to make that move but we have you know we had to change we had to adapt and kyle you do well with that looking at it and going hey if we don't make this move and we close the door. We we shut down the ability for him to backdoor me at this point. We, you know, we know we're closer. We'd already had you had the intel of seeing him twice on the hoof, and knowing where he was come from. So you know, it's like you you step right, and it's like okay, time to walk right in in get right into your master bedroom, and I'm gonna hang out. I'm gonna hang out right here, and see what happens. And and 
you know, like it, it happened. You know, there was a lot of a lot of crazy that went on along with it, but as a whole, it, it happened and positive, and and you know, the outcome is great, and you got a great buck on the ground. I appreciate it. It was good. Huh? Yeah, I can hear. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> um, yeah, we're coming down I eighty now, so kind of make sure you guys can be able to hear us. And um, yeah, Kentucky, Kentucky's first little rat. Yeah, before October first. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah, it was, it was. It was. It was before October first. We said that did it but we'll see we'll, we'll see we'll get that Katori, Kentucky story hopefully wrapped up with hands on big browse rack or maybe he shows up back on camera maybe my eyes play some tricks on me but shot a few deer I can tend to know that it was a fatal shot yeah hopefully some changes or we find his rack if not it's part of the part of the hunt it's part of it and get back on it. I mean, it's been down there in Missouri. I didn't even really want to sit. Um, one, not the intel, and I, you know, Kyle, he just, man, he, this guy will just pound, pound hours on the stand. He, even if the intel ain't there, he's going to get up there and take his binoculars and get intel. Right. Um, we, once again, for, for Missouri, and, um, See how these cards fold out. Mm-hmm. Don't know a Michigan opener. Uh, I think you said you're going down to to Illinois to hunt. Yeah, I'm headed to Illinois this weekend, so we'll see what happens there. I'm going to just do. Uh, it's going to be the same kind of thing with you guys in Missouri. Not much intel. I'm going off of you know just historic data, just knowing what I have already and what was left. Um, after last year and knowing that those deer were there after season and um, should be, I'm hoping to see some positivity with that. So I'm going to look for some beans that are still green and uh, try and do a little bit of hang and bang. And uh, my buddy, I think, is coming down with me uh, or he's going to meet me down there. He's not sure when he's going to get down, either whether he's going to be down Friday night or whether he's going to be down early Saturday morning. But I think that's... We're gonna try and uh, try and put something together there, and um, you know, I don't know. I'm gonna look at uh, look at my other places that I have there and see what you know what's there, and get out some more cameras and get some more intel, and then try and get us back down there, um, you know, a little bit later, come rut, because you know, Illinois is is really really good at that time, and once you start getting around the 25th of October, um, it really really starts to heat up there really really well. Um, I think, you know, there was a couple sets I had last year where, you know, I've seen multiple deer, you know, some at distance, but multiple deer on stand that were, you know, were shooters. So, um, that'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be good to see different scenery, you know, after chasing, you know, obviously I can't, I can't say I sat a lot in Kentucky. Hell, I probably got a total of, you know, a half a sit in between, (laughs) between Noah's, you know, the, the, the great flood of, of 22 and with all that rain and then uh you know the somewhat short sit the you know night two when i killed but 
so hopefully we can we can put something together and then uh then we'll be back with you boys again for indiana or ohio or whatever we can come up with after that or here in michigan whatever we whatever we find next we'll be we'll be on it i'll tell you this we um last several years been noticing about mid about october 10th after that second weekend Mm -hmm. they call you know they get that october lull type of thing you know we've been kind of noticing that a lot more people like they hit that was really really hard that october 1st michigan you know, mm-hmm. and even in the end of, but in Michigan, we noticed that everybody plans their rut the 20th through the 15th. I mean, it's just pounded, pounded, pounded. Mm-hmm. We've really capitalized on some really good deer, big deer, October 6th through the 15th, catching them on those early stages of scrapes and, uh, Seem to see a lot less people in the woods because it's the October lull. I hate to give that FO out, but right, man, it's been it's almost like it's programmed in their head because there's so many people in the woods. It almost feels like some of the areas of Michigan. I, I watch them go, and this is prime time, it's supposed to be prime time, like Halloween. Some of these areas, but no, they're ain't moving, right. They're moving, at the, they're moving at dark. Right. That's just pure pressure in the woods. And we, so, I don't know. We just, we just don't see very good opportunities this weekend. Um, maybe some changes, you know, between now and then. But, you know, give it a week or so. Things calm back down and they get to a point where the big boys are start working some scrapes and we slide in on them. And, right try to make something happen um well we always do you know what i mean that's that's our mo we're you know we're gonna make something happen one way or another uh, yeah michigan is um uh, i've seen we've seen that both me god we've we've hunted the october lull a little bit more found success on mature deer right so i mean it's it's i i always go back to pressure and yep. we haven't talked about pressure in a while but that's the whole reason from the outside in the four wheeler or the back of a pickup truck or even using a tractor where tractors constantly going through. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, Missouri bug views, you went in on the Amish cart. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I got did. all kinds of different stuff to get into a stand, you know, whatever they're used to. Yep. I did. I re- remember that. Riding back on a cart, and the horse took the shit, and I was so close to it. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's you know, kinda, it's it's just an adapt thing, kinda, you know. <laughs> yeah, he kind of curled, and I just popped off that cart and slid in. Kyle said I was going to shoot that deer that night. That was another October long one. Uh huh. Um, I shot that deer. Um, yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about the the old buggy, the Amish buggy, to, to the stand. 
it worked out good. It almost, it almost worked out again. Um, that later in the year, there we went back there, got got a, got a ride back there, and threw a set in, and got Kyle up in there, but he just off by about twenty yards mm. on an absolute mega giant, you know, Ahmed right. Booner. We didn't, we didn't, we got all the way up there from the horse. Mm-hmm. Never bumped that deer. He was tending to doe. Then Cowboy Cat Moss with him for about three days. But he was tending the doe, so he was hunting that deer on um down and just couldn't get in front of him. Damn. He always walked the other direction. <laughs> yeah. They don't always follow the script, do they, Kyle? Oh, no, it's crazy. They do some they do some weird stuff. I've seen them do some things that like just don't make no sense. They would never do it any other time of year, whether it's a mistake they're making or they're just doing something that is like I've seen them cut through stuff that they shouldn't be even be able to get through just to get to cut off a doe to, you know, stop another one or you know, whatever whatever's you know, whatever they gotta do, they're doing it. So it's like the time clock ticking. I always get freaked out if, if I don't have a deer down early. Right. Because if you hunt multiple areas, you only got that couple-day window. And gun season's moving around the corner. Man, it just puts so much pressure on it. Like, man, I want to get Missouri tag fall. Yeah. Then you get down to Missouri for six, seven days bouncing around. So those early bucks really cut the when you you know you're trying to produce and film to produce a you know a, a kind of what, of what the media top ten percent is right. And it's just, you know this is where you start putting on the boots on the ground and start really and and wearing the rubber off your tires right. Well, yeah, trying to get in those quality sits and and trying to get stuff on film and and do all those things before the Orange Army hits wherever it may be. You know, I mean, you, you get a little bit of extra time in some of the states, but you know, not all of them. You know, I mean, it's uh, it can be tough. So, right, got to be a, a engineer planning your strategies. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's something that we constantly are talking about or looking at, you know, what's next? What are we doing next? Where are we going? Why are we going there? Is there something there that we're targeting? What's, you know, and it's all about, it all goes back to what we talked about months ago where we're all sitting there and we're saying, what are our goals? What are we looking for? What's, you know, what's our, you know, you know, yeah, can we go and kill deer, you know, anywhere, uh, any of these farms? Absolutely. It's just like we talked about earlier off record. You know, there's plenty of deer at the farm, but are they the top 10%? No. So when you start targeting the top 10%, 3%, 5%, 1%, then it becomes a different a different challenge and a different, you know, and it's possible. I mean, look at the, you know, look at the way we did Kentucky and going back into that a little bit. But, you know, I think we're just, um, you know, the season has just begun. It is the season of deer. We are, we are, it's upon us and, uh, you know, we all, 
you know, eat, sleep, and breathe deer. So I, I think it's, uh, you know, we're going to do our, our due diligence to get on that top 10% and put them on the ground where we can. And no, no matter what that takes, whether we run the tires off the truck or or what, whatever we got to do, you know what I mean? We're going to do it, so. Like you said, quality sits and make sure you're not boogering them. Mm-hmm. That's all the reason why I'm not hunting here this weekend. You know what I mean? I know, I know what my parcels, you know, bring to the table and when it happens and why it happens that way because of the pressure around me. And, uh, you know, just like you said earlier, you know, if it's not there, you, you don't go in there and sit for no reason just because you want to be in the woods. If you want to do that, sit from afar in glass or, you know, go somewhere where, you know, the probability is better. And like I said, if, if I don't see something worth worth hunting in, in Illinois, I'm not going to go hang a tree, set, a tree stand in there and sit a set for no reason. I'll glass from afar, and unless I see something worth pursuing, I won't even, you know, other than, you know, some camera change-out stuff, I guess it'll be one of those trips where it was a scouting trip, and I'll come back home, and I'll be back there, you know, the next go-around. But, um, you know, you just you don't go in and, and bust out your spots and, and expect to harvest big deer. It just doesn't work that way. Well, I'll tell you, Kyle, congratulations on your deer. Appreciate it. Yeah, congrats, buddy. That's a great deer. We spent a lot of time traveling down here to Kentucky and a lot of trips, even though you weren't sitting in the stand for most of them. Appreciate you doing all the drives. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you gotta, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. We right. did what we had to do. Um, well, we're we're running low on on memory card space. Cooter didn't delete the the memory card, so before we run out completely, we'll wrap it up. And and like you said on that note, you know, travel. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Drive and grind, and that's what we're about. And again, congrats on that deer, Kyle. It's it's a great buck, and I was glad to be part of it and all the work and everything going into it. So I think that. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of the footage and, and I know everybody else out there in, in YouTube and Facebook and Instagram land is as well. Sounds good, man. Appreciate it. All right. You have a good night, Dan, and um, we'll talk to you. We're driving and talk to you a little bit later. Sounds good. All right, guys, be safe. And uh, everybody out there, thank you again for uh, listening to the Top 10% Podcast. And if you have not... Um, went to YouTube and liked, subscribed, and followed us there. Do it. Do it now. Don't waste any more time. You're going to miss these badass hunts that we keep bringing to you. Thanks, and have a good night. <laughs>